Hey there, Soul Warrior. Welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gaze. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm your other host, Angel. And this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. Because it's Sagittarius season, which is a season for exploration. And adventure. Yes, and trying to find the answers. And close encounters with the galactic center. Oh, yeah. Which we're going to have one, a really epic one, right after this episode is released. What do you mean, honey? We're going to have a uh, big full moon, right? Yeah. Conjunct the galactic center. Which is one of your favorite places in the entire c- cosmic galaxy. Yeah, it is. I'm obsessed with the Galactic Center. Why? Well, because it's the super massive black hole at the center of the Milky Way galaxy. It is literally the central force around which our entire galaxy is organized. Everything swirls around it. And so it is this place from which amazing downloads and inspiration and reconnection to source can come. And it lives around 26, 27 degrees of Sagittarius. So if anyone has anything at 26 or 27 degrees Sagittarius, they are just like cosmic geniuses? Well, they're, I basically say like you can always get the goddess on the phone. Right. Because that's the straight shot. And if you have any planets at 27 that make a sextile or a trine or a square or an opposition to 26, 27 degrees Sagittarius, they are also more easily able to connect to that source of all things. So with this full moon in Gemini, the sun's at 27 degrees Sagittarius, the moon's at 27 degrees Gemini, things are going to be illuminated from the, from the galactic center, from the source of all things. Right. So you may find yourself experiencing some intense uh, cosmic downloads. Some pretty big, as Oprah would say, aha moments. Just truths galore. Honey, it's going to be magical. And... We're going to do a breath work on Saturday in that full moon portal. Yeah. So if you are listening to this and you're like, wow, maybe I would like to be held in some sacred space and guided into the galactic center. Well, honey child, sign on up. We got you covered. Don't have fear. Come into the galactic center. Yeah. It's a, it's a really exciting, cool place. My son sextiles the galactic center. So that's why you're so connected to it. I guess so. I want to get a Galactic Center tattoo, actually, on my thigh. So if we know any amazing tattoo artists that listen to this program and you want to tattoo the Galactic Center on my right thigh, because thighs (laughs) are ruled by Sagittarius. It's also where I have this scar. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know I spilled scalding hot tea on myself and got second degree burns last year. And so that's where, like, the scar almost looks like the shape of a galaxy. And so I was like, this is where the Galactic Center wants to live on my body. That'll be really cool, actually. I can totally visualize it. Yeah, it's going to be cool as fuck. Amen. Help me get a tattoo, everybody. It's my first one. (laughs) We're going to crowdsource it. We should introduce ourselves to people that are listening to the podcast for the first time, and they're like, who are these two crazy homosexuals? I'm Angel Lopez, um, a crazy homosexual, uh, a director, writer, producer, astrologer, teacher, queeler, doggy dad, spiritual queeler dad. And just, you know, all-around great guy. It's true. You are an all-around great guy. (laughs) (laughs) Self-proclaimed. 
And you? I'm Brandon Alter. I'm also a crazy homosexual. I'm a queeler, which is a, a queer healer, a spiritual healer. I work with the spirits to, to heal in all the realms, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, interdimensional. Uh, I'm also a tarot reader and an astrologer and a teacher of all these things, and a writer and a performer and a dog dad and an all-around sweetheart. No. I think I'm a sweetheart. You are a sweetheart. Yeah. And we have sex together. <laughs> We're also married. But yeah, the sex came first and then the marriage. <laughs> and it's still there, which is pretty remarkable after 11 years together. Who knew? The Galactic Center did. <laughs> so we have a fucking amazing spirit talk for y'all today. Oh my gosh. With the one, the only Morgan, who is a singer-songwriter. If you don't know Morgan's music, then you're welcome because... yeah. And uh, we play their music all the time in uh, in Breathwork because it's just so moving. And we just had an amazing conversation with Morgan. So we're excited to deliver that to your to your oral hemisphere. Yeah, that song, Don't Think About It, is like always like playing just on loop in my head. Aww. Don't think about it. I have Wonder Don't always playing in it. my head on loop. Wonder's great. Have you listened to all those remixes? We've used one of the remixes. I listened to some of them. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, the you Small know I love, Pools one is really good. You know I love a remix. No, I know. But before we do that, we're going to do a brief little check-in. And then we're going to do a special holiday segment. But more on that in a second. Yes. So check in with me, babes. How's it going? How you doing over there? Oh, my God. What's happening in your heart and in your head? Oh, my God. What's happening in your body? Actually, don't talk about what's happening in your body. Rude. <laughs> I'm doing great, in case you are all wondering. Never looked better. Well, that's true. Oh, thank you. We just did a three-day juice cleanse. We did, so I'm snatched. We're snatched. (laughs) It'll last for a day, because you know what's in our fridge right now? A pumpkin pie, and I can't wait to attack it. So excited. It's delicious. It is a very good pumpkin pie. But no, I'm going to also do my best to, you know... Just, I mean, the whole purpose of this juice cleanse was not to get snatched. It was to... Or else it would have been like a five to seven day juice cleanse. Yeah, exactly. And I would have like taken up smoking again or something just to like really... And and drank coffee during the whole time. Wow. Um, Just had like a coffee enema every night. Gross. Yeah, I'm actually really glad we did that because for me, the whole intention was to just like try and detoxify myself to really like recalibrate my system, recalibrate my relationship with my body. And I think also just like try to get some clarity back. And I really feel like I accomplished all of those things, which is so nice. Like I do feel pretty clear going into this week and um, at the moment of this recording. Like I feel even like, the usual things that come up for me, like, you know, when um, stressful things show up in my emails or in texts for work, or you point out a uh, challenging aspect of my personality that I need to <laughs> check on, I feel like I'm like, okay, like I am able to receive that right now in a way that like I haven't always been, you know, so that feels like clarity to some degree for me. And I think just beyond that, like looking really forward to the end of the year and even if it is just like the 
more traditional new year. Um, I still like like a new year, new beginning time. Yeah. But interestingly, the end of this month and the beginning of the new year coincides with Jupiter moving into Pisces. So Mm -hmm. I think we are going to feel like a big shift. Yeah. So there is something to be said about like just getting to December 29th. For sure. I am really excited for the Jupiter shift into Pisces because we did get that taste of it over the summer. And I did really feel like I was able to expand um, into some optimism, particularly around my work and career because it's in my 10th house. Um, And then it shifts into my 11th house. And I am just also really feeling this like desire to reconnect with community and friends. I feel even just in the last week, um, had a, I've had an opportunity to really connect with people and feel like just in like little pockets of community. And it's felt so, so nice. So I'm excited for more community opportunities in the new year and just like times with friends because I don't feel like I've had much of that this past year or the last two years. <laughs> so... I'm ready for friends, guys. So who wants to be my friend? Just slide into my DMs. Okay, well, I don't know about, I don't know about well, that. Well, not sexually. Friend, friendly. That's what they all say. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, they're making a move. Yeah. I don't. I want a heart pick. Like send me a picture of your heart? Yeah, you know. So you, you want know what, shirtless selfies? No, I'm just saying normally what you get in a DM is, you know, what they would call a dick pic. I'm like, I don't want that. I want your heart pic. You get dick pics? People send you dick pics? No, I'm saying that's what would normally slide into your DMs if it was sexual. But I'm not looking for sexual. I'm looking for friendly. So I want heart pics. But I guess I could see how that could also be seen as pictures of people's shirtless chests. So forgive me. I'm not asking for that. But also, that'd be cute. How about a smile? No, no. I want people to send us heart pics. No, I don't. However they, however they think of that. <laughs> okay. Like, however like, that. He's like, I do want people's shirtless chests. No, like take a picture of something that symbolizes your heart mm-hmm. and slide it into our DMs. We would love to see that. See, I do like that. Show us your heart. Show us your heart. How are you? Um, I just like want to piggyback on everything you were saying about the juice cleanse because I was right there, right along with you. And it was such a great experience. I'd never really done a juice cleanse before, I don't think. Um, And for me, my intention was definitely to resensitize myself to my body and to resensitize myself to like what I put into my body, like coming back. And I think there are a lot of things, sugar, carbs, and caffeine that I didn't realize how steeped in them I was and how they were really running me. So I also have a lot more increased clarity. And I think it's because those are things that have actually been blocking me a little bit. And I'm on a I'm on a kick, as empowered by my sponsor, Brenda, who illuminated me to potentially my addiction to caffeine. So I'm I'm not going back, y'all, and I don't need to. It's amazing because I wake up in the mornings now, and instead of walking like a zombie into the kitchen to like make a pot of black tea, 
I'm just like able to start my day. It's I, I feel kind of liberated and free. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and we've been making smoothies in the morning. Shout oh out to God. shout out to Lori Lou who taught us how to make these amazing smoothies. Yeah, the greatest smoothie recipe. And I didn't used to eat like breakfast, and now I'm eating a smoothie first thing in the morning, and it's packed full of chia seeds. Shout out to Kathy Hilton and hemp hearts and spinach and zucchini and frozen berries and it's like i don't have to eat until like early in the afternoon because it just like gives me everything i need it's an energy delight so i am feeling well i'm feeling energized to cross the finish line of the year as opposed to finishing it collapsing i feel like i'm going to be able to like move through everything we have to move through Mm -hmm. in a way that is like graceful and like with energy in reserves gorge yeah and speaking of things that like we're moving through, we just had our workshop, which was all about the astrology of 2022. Yes, it was so fun. So if you want that, we can send you the recording. And Jupiter is a big player in 2022. Also, the nodes of fate change signs. They're big players. There's a lot of cool shit happening. So um, we can send that to you. We're also going to do our Capricorn season Astro Club on Monday. Uh, and that is where we're really going to dive into things like the Venus retrograde, Jupiter shift into Pisces, like all these big things that are happening in literally like the next like four and a half weeks. Yeah. Some like big shit. <laughs> 2021 like literally is like, I am not over until I am literally over. No. And then as we said, we've got breath work on Saturday if you want to join us for that. Yeah. Always cooking here. And then we're taking some time off. And then we're taking a lot of time off. But I will say, we've recorded a very special bonus episode for y'all. It's going to come out... Right before the new year. We have recorded a year-ahead tarot spread for our community. So we sat down and we pulled one card for each month of the year. And it's a little map to help guide you through the waters of 2022. So that you can look forward to. Um... In a couple weeks. But for now. Should we do our fun little holiday themed segment that we're calling The The Spiritual Gaze Favorite Things? You get a thing and you get a thing. I get a thing? Oh, you get lots of things. Oh, thanks, honey. So what we wanted to do here was just kind of like look back on our year. And just kind of shout out the things that, as the segment title expresses, were our favorites. (laughs) But like things that like got us through, you know, things that we kind of can't live without. Yeah. So we'll just kind of go back and forth. Mm -hmm. So what's your first favorite thing? Well, I feel like I've probably mentioned it 37 times on this podcast before, but Boy Smells Candles always get me through, have really gotten me through this year. It's a... LA-based brand of candles. What's your favorite? Honestly, I have a lot of faves. Um, I'm currently burning the Slow Burn candle, which is a collab they did with Casey Musgraves. But you can only choose one. You can only have one Boy Smells candle on an island. What is it? Mm, I can only have one. First thought, best thought. Ash. Ooh, the ash candle. Yeah. Ashes to ashes, mm-hmm. dust to dust. Mine would be Rosalita. I mean, I know. I love that Rosalita <laughs> candle so much. Jesus Christ. We burned it in our uh, a couple of our classes in the fall. We did. So if you took them, you and you heard Brandon just like gushing about a candle. It was that one. 
Uh, one of my favorite things is wax and wane jewelry. Well, yes. We live for them. They make amazing crystal bracelets and crystal malas. I bought a beautiful petrified wood mala this year that I've been wearing during healing work. And I just, I just love them so much. And they just do things in a really beautiful, thoughtful way. And you can feel the difference. So I definitely shout them out for sure. Wax and Wayne Jewelry. Um, for me, one of my favorite things this year, um, I'm obviously a big music person and though it was divisive for people, is it divisive or divisive? I think it's divisive. I know, but I always say divisive. I think it's fine. All right. Divisive. Divisive? I don't know. You know, it was divisive. It's it's been divisive (laughs) amongst many people. But? I really loved Lord's Solar Power album. It was just so just mesmerizing for me and it really got me through um yeah like the little robin moment the song on the path uh, yeah every, just every song for me was like just so beautiful and relaxing it's a very relaxing album and i know a lot of people felt like it wasn't like her best and i actually would probably still say that i love melodrama more but Looking back on the albums that like really stuck with me this year, that's one that I continue to go back to. Mm. I was really, really grateful for that album. It came out like at a perfect moment for me too. I felt like like the I remember like the day it came out and sitting outside and listening to it. And I just like really got all my emotions. I really liked the the Lana Del Rey album, Blue Bannisters, this year. That was oh. really that was really meaningful to me. It came out at the right time. Listen to it a lot. She was my number one most listened to artist this year. That's not surprising. Was she your number one artist last year as well? I couldn't tell you. I only <laughs> live one year at a time. Did you like that one more than you liked, what was it, Kim Trails Over the Country Club? Was that the album before? Oh, I really loved Because they were both this past too. year. Yeah. That's probably why she was my most listened to artist of the year, because I just listened to those albums so much. Yeah. And then just put the new Kylie Minogue in between them. Uh, But that's not one of my favorite things. One of my favorite things this year is the public library. (laughs) The public (laughs) library for the win, everybody. I have been living my best life getting all of my favorite reads from the Los Angeles public library. What is this library you speak of? I mean, I literally go online, I request the books that I want, and then they send me an email when they've shown up at my local branch, which is five minutes from my house. I can renew them online. I can have them for up to like nine weeks, 12 weeks. I'm just like so excited to go on vacation and just like bring a whole bag full of library books to the beach. I'm going to read library books on the beach. That's a Lana Del Rey album. Library books on the beach. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. I'm gonna record a. I'm gonna record an EP <laughs> called Library Books on the Beach. And I think the last thing we can talk about that we share, oh, is in just like that, <gasps> and just like that. Another thing that's very divisive. No, everyone loves it. No, they don't. Well, then a lot of people do not like it. Then they need to look inside themselves. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. You know what? I would agree with you on that. I would just quote another sage. I would say your heart is not open. Oh, there you go. You're frozen when your heart's not open. Well, I think a lot of people were hoping that it was going to be like the exact same tone as Sex in the City. But the world we live in is not the exact same tone as it was then. And 
I think like they were trying to tell us it wasn't going to be that by calling it something else. Yeah. And also I appreciated that they actually evolved it and that they attacked it from a bit more of an emotionally authentic place. Not that the original show wasn't emotionally authentic, but it definitely came much more from like a bold a fun, comedy, frothy, rompy yeah. sort of place. Yeah. Yeah. And this did not. So we won't spoil it in case you like haven't gone there yet. But to be fair, we're only two episodes in, so we don't entirely know how it's going to go. But that's true. Just to have them back is deep nourishment that I needed. Yeah, I thought so. Oh, I have one more favorite thing. Oh, what? Cirque colors. Mm. I learned how to paint my nails in quarantine. I'm obsessed with having my nails painted. And Cirque colors. P.S. You guys, we get no money, no free things. We Nothing. pay retail. We pay full price for Boy Smells Candles. We pay full price for our waxing bracelets. And I pay full price for my Cirque colors nail polish. We're just shouting out things we like, just FYI. Uh, but they are based in Brooklyn. They are vegan. They are non-toxic. Cirque spelled C-I-R-Q-U-E colors. And they have the best fucking like holographic glittery nails. I've always wanted like space nails and their nail polish gives me the space nail look that i've always wanted people always ask you yeah how you, where you get your nails done i'm a nail icon and i say i get them done at home as i painstakingly do it myself he does it's painstaking okay all right <laughs> enough about us and our favorite things let's talk to somebody who knows about the deep waters of the heart mm. tuck yourself in for this episode's spirit, spirit. Talk. All right, babies, we are so excited to have Morgan in the spirit room right now. So for those of you who don't know, you're welcome. Because Morgan is a Pisces forward singer-songwriter from Nashville, Tennessee, who writes songs from the heart. And Morgan's music has been used in television and film, uh, most recently in the latest Paranormal Activity movie. Also great television shows with queer themes like The Magicians. And Morgan has performed on Jimmy Kimmel twice and Good Morning America. And he's joining us in here astral projecting into this universe so thank you pisces sun taurus moon gemini rising legend for astral projecting here with us today wow that was that was beautiful i want to like soak in that intro and also like have people use that around the world when they introduce me into spaces um hi happy to be here we're so happy to have you here and first off, honey, I mean, songwriter, the songs are so good. So thank you. Thank you. I, I was thinking a lot about a lot of different things came up for me as I was thinking about coming here today and talking and specifically on the music front of life. I think that and I think that this will resonate whether or not people write music. I feel like we're often told how to do something in life. But when you actually set out to do it, it, it looks and feels completely differently. And when I was growing up, people were like, write what you know, because that would be like, I don't know, that's just what I was told. But as I've gotten older, I think I realized that writing what you know is literally so, is just preaching and sounds like mansplaining and I don't have any answers. And 
I spend more time writing about what I don't know in an effort to understand and sort of close the gap between who I am and who I want to be. And hopefully in that I make something that feels like I have I have been toiling in the mud for, for a reason. You know what I mean? Um, so thank you for acknowledging the music. It's, it's maybe not, when we met, it was maybe not the journey I was on, but it is the journey that has given me life for sure. Well, and the music is so Piscean. Huh. Like it's so emotional. It's so imaginative. It, it immerses you in it. It's a landscape. I yeah, feel. It always totally. feels like this sonic landscape that I'm like in, you know? Well, and I was just going to say, you know, I've known, I've known you personally for a long time and I feel you in the music. And then I also feel like this music is, it's bigger than you in a way. And I'm just curious, like, what is your relationship to the things that you create hmm. in terms of, are they mirrors of yourself? Are they fractals of yourself? What's that relationship like? Well, I think I need a definition of the difference between mirrors and fractals. So a fractal is like a little piece of it, you know, it's like, like the mirror would kind of reflect all of us and the fractal like reflects a little piece of it, or sometimes a fractal is like a hologram. So it's like the whole beach contained in the grain of sand, mm -hmm. but any other way that you would talk about how you relate to your, your song babies and the music that moves through you. Um, I'm first, I have the first tattoo I ever got is this little arrow that is not straight when I do that. But when, when is like that is this arrow that points out. And I, I think that my musical journey has been a solid 12 years at this point. And near the beginning of that journey, this arrow was sort of, I was so focused on like my own pain and my own like confusion and my own suffering. And I put this arrow there because it was like a reminder that the energy flows that way, the focusing out that way. And it's, it's interesting. There's many times where I'm holding a mic and I just glimpse this arrow and I'm reminded that like, it's not what is happening here that matters. It's what you're sending out to the world that, that really does matter. And I'm not sure why that is uh, connected to my music, but I think that my music didn't start to come together until I started, I started just sending my energy out into the world and thinking about how I can make the world a better place, not how I could make me a better place, if that makes any sense. And I don't know, fractals, mirrors. I think that the music is reflections of who I am in a given moment. Um, hopefully, if, I'm, if, I, if I am able to reflect something that is real, it will constantly be shifting as I go through life. Does that make sense? Yeah. When it ties back into me, I couldn't help. I was really struck just what you even said earlier about writing about what you don't know, even just in that, I feel like that's directing it outward, right? It's like, I'm trying to go out into this space to understand yeah. what's going on. And to me, that's also like, so giving, right? Because on some level, you're like, maybe you know, or do, or do you know, <laughs> you know, like, there's something just already communal about that, just shared experience of like, 
I don't know. And I don't know if any of us know or if any of us have the answer. Yeah, I, I, I have never written a love song. That's just a, that's a, a truth. Um, I feel love all the time. But if I were to write a song that was about like, I mean, the way that Adele can write a, a breakup song, that's not, I don't, I don't live in that space. You know what I mean? Like it's, it would be inauthentic for me to write something. That's the difference between writing what you don't know and writing what is like a lie. Writing what you don't know is sort of like exploring a space of something that you're, um, that you're moving into. I feel like Wonder, my song, has why are we looking for the answers when the question's way too hard to understand. I, I spend way more time with questions than I do with answers. That's like, that's very Pisces for me, feels very true to me. But it would be so inauthentic if I were to say, go easy on me. First of all, don't go easy on me. Do you know what I mean? But also, like, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not there. That's just not what I'm exploring, which is really, really interesting to think about because of all the times somebody has said, like, this is how you write a song. I constantly am like, wow, uh, all these things that you told me about how it's supposed to be really is not how any of of life is and so i spend way more time in the discovery of things i've also said and i was thinking about this this morning like it will make sense in reverse and i've said that a lot recently because so many moments of confusion have led to moments of discovery but unless you are willing to sit in the moments of confusion for long enough you'll never lead yourself to a moment of discovery you know yeah, well, it makes me think about your Gemini rising also, which is so much about curiosity mm. and about leading and living from a place of curiosity. And you also have Chiron, who's the... Chiron is a dwarf planet. I don't know if you're familiar, but Chiron co-orbits Uranus and Saturn, and it's the archetype of the wounded healer. And Chiron sits right on your ascendant, meaning that like this... This dwarf planet is so prominent in the way that you express in the world. And so what you're having curiosity about, this Gemini, I need, I need to seek and explore, is the wounds and the healing. And the only way to get the healing is to go so deep into the wound, like you talk about, sitting in that confusion until finally you're figuring out the recipe for the medicine. And that's, I mean, you are a healer. Your music is healing. That's why we use it in breathwork all the damn time. <laughs> yeah. Because it evokes and pulls out chords of emotional resonance that people maybe don't necessarily get to experience on the daily. You do. That's where you're living. Wow. Wow. Thank you. I have heard about the wounded healer. I spend a lot of time in the gutters of, of my feelings. It's not pretty. It's not necessarily fun. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, but I don't know if like, I don't know if life would have as much beauty and color if I didn't also spend time with the things that don't quite shine. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, Full, full disclosure, like 
some of the questions and things that that are the subject of where I'm totally willing to go are to talk about death and talk about, you know, transition. And, you know, those are not things that, that people want to talk about, but I had to deal with it because my dad passed away now six years ago, suddenly. And so a lot of what happened from that moment, and I can say this in retrospect, was such a blessing because that moment was so hard. Can we go there? Yes. Please, let's go there. I mean, this is also meant with like the most gentle, um, gently saying that everything dies. The only thing certain in life is death and taxes. And I had to deal with my father's taxes. So I know that, that world. But in that seed of what that moment was for me, I think that that was after the arrow. And I think that that was, it was before I turned 30. And it was like, if everything goes, how am I spending my time now? It also like, I, I didn't think about this consciously, but after that moment is when I started like dyeing my hair, wearing earrings, like, you know, dressing in whatever way, like felt most natural to me. And without thinking about it, my dad was a loving man who loved me, but had a really hard time with the, like the way I expressed myself. And this is something that I have talked about, but maybe not a lot because it's like, it's so confusing. But when I came out to my dad, my dad was like, I think that I might be gay or might have been gay, but then I met your mother and you know, whatever. And it was this like one moment in time that I tried to later in life uncover that story with him. And he just like, denied it happening. And I've talked to many therapists about this. And it was like, you had a window because your vulnerability triggered like a deep vulnerability in him, which is something I do all the time. And people are like, I'm not prepared to have feelings, you know, <laughs> but ever since he passed it, it like unlocked a part of me that was like, I'm not hiding behind a structure, masculine, whatever. Like I'm not hiding behind any sort of thing. And my music took on a whole life of its own after he passed, which is really interesting because it's not like I would, I'd be like, yay, I'm so glad that happened. But that happened. It was such a dark time. And then my life started to like bloom in crazy ways out of the, the darkest point in, in my life at that moment. Well, yeah, it sounds like it gave you the freedom to live and really understand living yeah. on a different, on a different scale. I think that we're kind of like globally in a, in a death space right now. Like, but people are like really terrified to look at what that means. There's this great John Patrick Shanley quote that's like, when I feel like a heart attack coming on, I eat a steak and I eat lots of butter. And I say like, if I were going to have a heart attack, wouldn't I have one now? It's like we we court death in some ways in our fear of it. And I think that that's a lot of what's happening for people that 
don't want to acknowledge the death phase that we're in, that don't want to acknowledge the transformation of the climate and culture and things. It's like we we double down on everything that's going to bring death closer to us faster in our own fear of it. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And when people are like unwilling to look at the parts that are hard and don't quite make sense, it creates a whole nother layer of um, confusion that as I'm going out into the world right now, I'm experiencing people sort of like, I've, I've jokingly been like, I feel like we need like, like a college orientation style, like welcome back to life, like seminar. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's like, it's a real, it's like, it's a real clusterfuck. And I think that people can like, it would be nice if we employed a little bit of humor into it. And it's like, it's a little bit like bumper cars, you know, it's just like, everyone's a little clunky and a little bit like, like, you know, just running into each other. But um, hopefully we can dust the wheels off and, and find new life because that is, that is actually the cycle of life. That is death and rebirth, death and rebirth, death and rebirth. Yeah. Well, that's why I think it's so important for artists like yourself to talk about those challenging things in their work because we all, everyone had an experience with death, whether they experienced death in some, in their life, um, or a different way of living, yeah, but or just confronting it, right? In that in those in that time where we were all just like concerned of what was going to happen, but then I think this stumbling comes out of oh, let's just put that away, like oh, that didn't happen, and so it's so so extremely valuable to have these pieces of art that reflect that space, that reflect those feelings and that time, so that you can be told, hey, it's okay, like. You were supposed to feel that you're meant to feel it and you're meant to process it. Mm. Yeah. I almost feel like I don't, well, I don't have the answer. That is certain. I'm not sure if that's like a deflection or if that's just like, that's just like a, a fun truth to keep it moving and, and keep exploring what it is. But like also I think that I have been given the tools to, like I said, spend time in the gutter. And you use the word curiosity, and I'm really into that word right now because um, I'm reading Brene Brown's new book, Atlas of the Heart, and it and it talks about a lot of different things, but curiosity and interest are similar, but they're very different. Interest is like something sparks something and then you're like, intellectually, I'm interested. But curiosity goes deeper and sparks like an emotional response. So something sparks something and then you're like, and then an emotional response happens and you're sort of like, that's where you, you know, I think that's like the rabbit hole or like, you know, you get curious about something. And I like, love people who are curious about something. I am not going to be curious about the same things as everyone else. And, and no one is going to be as curious as me about certain things, but like, it's interesting thinking about curiosity coming out of this time because it's like, 
I don't know, the, the pandemic was hard and just one, one reviewer of, of my music, like it wasn't a negative. They said that they really liked it, but they were like pandemic inspired music. And I'm like, pandemic inspired makes it sound like I was like inspired by the meatloaf and the pandemic, you know, <laughs> I just was alive yeah. during a thing that was confusing and hard and isolating and alone, you know? So was it inspired by the pandemic or did I just live through it? And I'm trying to talk and I'm trying to heal my way through it. You know what I mean? Wow. That's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just inspired by life, you know? Yeah. I mean, Burden is a song on my EP. And now also some of these songs, Burden was written in like the final hours of 2019 heading into 2020. But I felt at the end of 2019, the burden is, is not yours to take. And didn't quite know what that line would be for me as I was moving through the pandemic. But, you know... I'm not gonna pretend that I can write the future. That's like, I actually can't see the future. It's a skill I wish I had, but I I like don't. I think some people can, but it's not me. But I do sometimes think that songs and art are like little messengers of that where time and space doesn't exist. And that within the things you create, there's probably shades of things that are so true beyond your ability to understand them. I do believe that. For sure. I mean, I think all art and creativity is a transmission from the divine. So there is like a, a prescient quality to it. But also like as both of us can say, like as working intuitives and people come to us all the time and, you know, they're like, tell me about the future. The future is a moving target. You know, like we write the future in the present. And even asking questions about the future can change the future. So it's best to just focus on the present encounter because that's really where we're most powerful. Mm. All right, so here's my question for you, sweet angel baby. Okay. So I would describe you as being radiantly vulnerable. That's how I would qualify you. It is a radiant vulnerability. Wow. Okay. Has it always been this way? Like, were you a radiantly vulnerable child? A radiantly vulnerable teenager or is it something that you've picked up over these last few decades of of adulthood oh man trigger warning this episode because um the last section was about death and this one's about trauma um, <laughs> our listeners are used to yeah. this. <laughs> um you know I think I had a light as a child and someone squashed it. And I don't even think I have to be that specific in this moment. For those who know, they'll know. But it's like the, the light was there and then life did everything in its, in its power to, to, to stamp on it. And I think it's, you know, only in the last, like, I mean, it's really since my dad passed that like, it's why, it's why I do believe that like being yourself is, is an act of being yourself and being, being a light in a world that is constantly trying to dim that light and show you how 
by fitting into other ways, you can pass more swiftly into the next rung on a ladder. Being yourself is an act of bravery, is an act of love, is an act of, is just, is, I don't even know, have the word. The word is escaping my mind. But being yourself is a radical act and is a powerful one. And I love the combination of radiance and vulnerability because it's sort of like, it's sort of like there are two energies that are like as, as, as opposed in some ways between like masculine and feminine. You know, it's like radiant feels loud and vulnerability feels like quiet and... I have often said, oh, here's a good story. Here's a great story. Have I ever told this story? No, but here it is. So I was in the original production of Spring Awakening on Broadway a a zillion years ago. And when I moved to LA, maybe you've heard the story, I'm not sure, but I'm now telling this here. I moved to LA and they had done a production. You're going to love this. (laughs) (laughs) Production of Spring Awakening in LA. And I was like, I was like, oh, cool. Like, you know, I did it on Broadway. I'd love to see it. I love the piece, you know? And I didn't, oh, I had moved to LA after it. So I didn't get to see the production, but I knew it was happening. And I was like, okay, cool. I go to this party, newly LA. And it happens to be like a lot of the cast from the LA production is there. And they're all standing around the piano singing songs from Spring Awakening. And I'm like, oh my God, I haven't heard these songs like in since I had done it on Broadway, you know, but there's this one song that's the final song of the show, Song of Purple Summer, and they're singing it at the piano. And, and I'm having this moment where I'm like, oh wow, I haven't like heard this song in a while, like such a beautiful chapter of my life. And I'm hearing it, you know, and everyone is like belting to the roofs, like singing this song so loud. And I'm like, just in the crowd. And it's not like I wear a sign on my head that's like, I was in the original production of Spring Awakening on Broadway. But <laughs> I'm sitting there being like, I know this song intimately and it's very special. And I'm like kind of closing my eyes and and there's this strange lyric about corn, but I love it. And it's like, the earth will wave with corn. Okay. And I'm just like, you know, kind of quietly joining this choir of everyone belting and I'm just like singing this soft line. And I like open my eyes and I don't even want to gender this person because I'm not even, I don't remember or I don't know who it was, but they like looked at me and they were like, if you want to be heard, you have to be loud. And I didn't miss a beat. It just came out of me and I was, I didn't even blink. I was like, no, you don't. And I watched that like fall over them and like literally disarm them. But I feel like that's a perfect metaphor. Everyone's like trying to be so loud all the time. And sometimes the still, quiet, powerful voice that just keeps ringing on truth uh, can be the strongest in the room. I will also say that uh, for anyone who feels like, yeah, but what if you keep going and you you know, feel like those voices drown you out. Well, I wrote a song called Wonder and I understand that some days it feels like all these loud voices will drown you out, but just keep, just keep singing your quiet, powerful truth.
Oh my God. I love that story. I love that story. Oh, I wonder who they were. And I wonder how their life changed after that <laughs> experience with you. I honestly like don't remember, like I could play a game to try to like figure it out, but that is missing the point of healing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. Well, but interestingly in that moment, you were the healer. And that's your Chiron on like in going into your vulnerable space mm. and having your own moment, you were well situated to respond mm. to somebody's woundedness. Mm. Wow. You know, I'm, I'm just, you know, happy to be here. You know? <laughs> happy to try to show up. And it and it's uh, confusing and disorienting when you sort of feel the loose wire of like everything going on. Yeah, for sure. And that continues to go on. Yeah, I love radiant vulnerability. I will, I will, I will pack that away and hold on to that. Please. It hasn't always been that way, but I'm. I think that there's power in accessing that, that space. And I think everyone has it. Just some, you know, some feel really uncomfortable when, when vulnerability comes up. Yeah. And as someone who has been like so vulnerable and is now living in like, living a public life as a performer, how has it been navigating that for yourself? Well, I was just talking to my therapist about this. I'm, I'm really still thinking about this like mirrors and fractal thing because it's like, maybe I don't, maybe I am a mirror, but I should learn to be a fractal because like some days I'm like so exposed in like, in everything that I'm going through I feel like um, a loose wire, to be honest. But then I'll get a message from somebody that's like, I don't know that I knew how to go on until I heard your song and thank you. And it's like, well, it's maybe just worth it to be, to be whatever this messy, thing that I am is, you know, I, I don't know that I think of, well, I know that I don't think of myself as a savior or as a saint or as a, a prophet, but I do think of the journey as being valuable and I do think that within art and the things that you create, you have the power to make the world a better place and make people's lives a better place. But it, it, it is sort of a balance because some days being any amount of public facing and being this emotional can feel like a, a sandstorm. Yeah. The scene in The Mummy, you know, with like <laughs> totally. the wall approaching. And that's how I feel on a Tuesday. <laughs> yes. 
Well, and the landscapes can be so different. I mean, I'm going to talk about something really superficial, but it also speaks to something deeper, which is like when I used to paint my nails in college and I was like the only boy with painted nails and I was like such a liability. And now all of a sudden, like we see all these people like cisgendered, heteronormative men painting their nails and and then I'll still go into some places and I'm like, oh no, it's it's still dangerous for me to have my nails painted. It's still dangerous for me to like be wearing jewelry. It's still dangerous for me to like wear a purse. And then there's other places where it's like, no, it's fine. Like you're lauded for it. And it's, um, I guess just like being a person in the world and not even a public person, there's a lot of danger that I feel in just being myself mm-hmm. and in trying to be more and more of myself. Yeah. And and you're an expressive being. And so I'm curious how you experience some of that same danger, I guess. Well, I'll never forget. I was in a Whole Foods in Montgomery, Alabama. And at the time I had pink hair. Um, and like out of the corner of my eye, I see this woman running towards me. Excuse me. And my first response was to run. Mm. I don't know what's about, I don't know. I'm not trying to stand around and find out. I run, she's chasing me, which elevates my like panic, chasing me. And then finally I'm like, what? Uh, And she's like, I just wanna say, I love your pink hair. I wish I could do it. And I was like, babe, you can just bleach for a very long time, you know? <laughs> I think, you know, but, but the fight or flight thing was like happening. And, and, and I'll be honest, there, there are days where I'm like in a part of America where I'll walk into a gas station. I mean, and also I I'm touring right now and I am touring with a mask on everywhere. And I walk into a gas station with neon hair and a mask on. And you better believe that half of the gas station is like, looking at me and I'm like, yes, stare, stare, call me faggot. What do you want to call me? You want to call me a snowflake? I am happily wearing my mask and my nails are painted. Like also you should wear a mask, but also like there is the moment where you walk in and I felt it like my hands will be down and I'll, and I'll want to be like this, you know, like I want to just like you know that that thing where you just sort of like curl your finger in and you hide that nail and you put your thumb in, you know? I've been yes, talking to a lot of queers in the, we'll just call them the 30s, you know? That like, it's so amazing what TikTok has created. There's like these young queer kids that like almost have all the expression and none of the trauma, you know? But I've been talking to a lot of like, artists and fellow creatives in their thirties. And it's like, what about that? Like trauma? I think that is trauma. That is like making you want to suppress your nails in the, in the gas station and like making you want to, now I should also say there are real threats out there for people who are expressing themselves, who don't pass as cis as I do, even though I don't pass as cis as others, you know, but there are real threats out there, but some of it is like, the trauma and the shame associated with how we were and how we grew up that is important for us like to still address and share because like we're not just making art for teenagers you know what i mean like we are making art for 
humanity, which which includes lots of people who aren't just on TikTok, you know? Angel's just having an emotional moment over here. <laughs> really? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. I appreciate it. I mean, it's like, it's such a like frustrating um, experience, you know, to have to like move through life uh, with your trauma in tow simply because of the society we exist in. And that is like... A frustration that I am grateful that I share with like a community of people. But at the same time, we are a marginalized group within a larger community. And it's to what Brandon was saying before about like, you know, you can walk into a space and there are people are like, yes, queen, you're here. You did it. You live. But it's like, we don't get to live in those spaces all the time. Most of the time, especially when we're like moving through our professional lives, like we're existing in very straight cis spaces <laughs> You know, totally. But also let's 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 just bring in the queer community here. I tweeted today and I stand by it. Is that person hot or are they just skinny? Do you know what I mean? Like it's like when there is spaces within the queer community that are elevated as like the only passing digestible, great version of queerness, everyone else who doesn't fit that thing falls into a whole other world and they don't get the shine that they deserve. And that is a system, still a queer system, that is not uh, making it equitable for all beings to be seen. We are passing, they are passing on the trauma to another group. That is, that is, that is very real and people need to look at that. Not just queer people, like society needs to look at how they're just putting their trauma onto another group rather than addressing their trauma. Yeah, questioning it, as opposed to just regurgitating the patriarchy from within that we see as, you know, misogyny in the queer community, as homophobia within the queer community, and any marginalized community, if if it's not explored, the patriarchal urges, you know, hetero supremacy, white supremacy continues. It's, you know, it's, it's one of the oldest patterns we have. So it's got some momentum to it. Mm -hmm. And I think having the courage to say what you just said, like, yeah, are they hot or are they just skinny? And why is skinny something we're raising up? You know, like it is the perpetuation of dominant systems that have oppressed us that we then side with in order to try to stay safe. Mm. Yes. But the real safety is when we all band together as queer outlaws and create our own fucking Aquarius community. And we go, these are the new rules. It's like when I went to art school and if you were homophobic, the lesbians would beat you up. Mm. Not the other way around. You know? Lesbians, they deserve way more. They deserve all of it, I mean, honestly. And we should all be like learning and sitting at their feet and like getting the teachings because yeah. they have it. Yeah, they are the spiritual teachers. <laughs> <laughs> they are. I know. The wise ones. Like, ugh. wow. Way to go, lesbians. <laughs> Angel always talks about how he was raised by lesbians. I was oh, raised yeah. by lesbians, yes. Are Like, actually? No, I wish. But I, I mean, really for me, like... Going into the, like, just the queer community when I was young, I basically just, like, went into the lesbian community because it just felt more 
akin to my own way of being. <laughs> like I didn't vibe with the gays per se. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I wish that, um, that is, I will say, like one of the great powerful things about the internet, which is that there are so many communities and, and, and colors and shapes and, and things that sort of like, I was just thinking about this yesterday, like, wow, what would my life have been if I had felt less alone all the time, you know, and the internet is a, is a blessing and a curse for sure. And I'm not going to like, pretend like be like, no internet. Cause like I'm on it, you know, <laughs> Yeah. the, the blessing part of it is that I feel like you can touch people's lives um, outside of the realm of, you know, the system that has been in place for so long. There seems to be, there seems to be other new ways forming to reach people. And that makes me excited. I think actually Caroline Polachek said like the future is micro communities. And mm. I think like that is, that is true. That that's true. That's my dream. I just like want a commune. I just like want a commune with all the people I love and we like grow our food and we put on plays and we just like live together. Love that. Will there be showers? Oh, honey. Yes, it's going to be glam. Oh, they'll definitely be showers, yeah. honey. <laughs> honey, I know I know what your Taurus moon needs. She needs those comforts. You she know, needs that luxury. I did Burning Man in a tent. Like I did it um with like granola and a tent and hot water you know, like the hot water, meaning like water that was in jugs that became hot over time. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't cooled or heated, you know, sandstorm blew our tent down and we just like slept under the tent, under the sand. I did that. I'm grateful. I don't, in this moment, I can't source the part of me that got through that. <laughs> <laughs> but in this moment, I'm like, wow, maybe I've just been not giving myself the comfort of home because I have felt subconsciously like I didn't deserve it. But now I'm, I'm connecting to those parts of me that does. And I'm like, oh, I think that if I did that again, I want a shower and other, and like, you know, anyways. Oh, I feel you. I want a bathtub with some bath salts. Okay. See you there. A eucalyptus oil diffuser. Like yeah. I want a whole production. Yeah. I imagine like a glamorous compound, like compound <laughs> because there's like many buildings on the same property and maybe there's like a big communal kitchen and we all like, you know, are there together. But yeah, no, there's also like hot tubs and infrared saunas and, you know. Okay. I'm there. All right. Well, keep so you posted. it's a spa, basically. You well, we live, live at, at the spa, <laughs> but we also grow our own food or in relationship with nature and create our own kind of like ritualized spirituality based on the needs of the community. Wow. That's beautiful. I'm here for it. Well, I'm planting, I'm planting it now. All right. I want to ask how spirituality informs your life and what is the interplay between spirituality and music as you experience the creation of it? Wow. That's a very vast question and I'm going to try to come at it in chunks. I was thinking about this this morning as well I was raised Jewish. I just lit the candles like we did Hanukkah. Um, I was raised Jewish. And there's a part of me that like, I don't understand 
you know, say this. There was a there was a moment in my life where I always identified with like I'm Jewish. You know, I said it's a joke, but it's like it's also like, but also people are often surprised to be like, you're from Nashville and you like, I had a bar mitzvah, I went to temple, I did Jewish youth group, like did all these things. I was raised Jewish, but there was a point in my life where, and I think it was after my dad passed, but it was it was like I'd rather be whatever percent. Jewish that I am than any other percent anything else that I'm just trying on to see if I can find more alignment somewhere else because I'll never be like a hundred percent one thing and be like that's a hundred percent what I am and there is again talking about um I think my connection you know Hanukkah ended and then last night I like cleansed these candles and put them up and just lit candles. Like, what is that like Hanukkah bonus? Or like, maybe I just felt like, you know what? I wasn't done with this ritual. So I made a new ritual that I'm going to call like Hanukkah plus and <laughs> like put out three candles symbolizing. Well, I had three people at rehearsals, me and two other instruments. I was like, this is like the shared space that we're creating for this rehearsal. So I lit candles. Now, what is that religion? What is that belief? What is that feeling? I have no idea, but did it feel connected and good? And like I was celebrating something? Yes. Um, there was a moment after my dad passed and I had never experienced this before, but at the funeral, at the burial, like they do the funeral and then you are at the cemetery. And that was the first Jewish funeral I think I had been to was my own father's. And I don't know if you know this, but in the Jewish tradition, you actually take a shovel and like put dirt on the coffin. Like, so I buried my father and it was like so wild and connected and spiritual and heavy and whatever. And in that moment, I was like, Jewish, I am in it. You know, like <laughs> yeah. this tradition is giving me life. But there have been other moments that have felt completely disconnected for me. So it's, you know, I think that's my my gripe with like organized religion feels sometimes like grasping for donations or something when my connection to spirituality has been and continues to be this like evolving um, what it's just evolving constantly. And then my connection to music through that. I think I might think of my music. I think I might think of the task of making music with more of a working man's approach to it, which is show up. But where spirituality comes into play is that there are going to be days where like nothing is happening, but I know that if I don't just show up, it can't like come through and be, be something. In, in, a, in fact, wonder was a song I wrote on a day where I had, in my head decided, I think I'm giving up, you know, but instead I'll just show up to the studio and see what happens. 
you know, and there's a voice memo of the making of the song and, and wonder was something that I had been like, I just loved the word. And it was, I kept like, I wonder, like just, I don't know. There was no melody. It was just like wonder. And when we were making the song, I, I said, I wonder. And the other writer in the room, he was like, what do you wonder? And I was like, I wonder if anyone will hear this. I wonder if I'll ever be fearless. I wonder if I'll end up alone, don't know where I'm going. I wonder if what I say will matter to someone, if I'll go broke trying to keep on. That's what I wonder. You know, and it was like, well, I may have given up, but I just wrote something. And I mean, that song has changed my life. Well, and because you showed up, you wrote a song that I do think also has probably changed a lot of other people's lives too. Mm. So there you were just like showing up into that space. I feel like that's such a meditation. Yeah. That is where like, I, I want to know more about astrology, but I think that's where like the Pisces and Taurus thing happen where it's like Pisces is such a dreamer, but Taurus is like so earthy. When I say like my music is like working man, it's like, cause I show up and I see what, what is, I see what is happening on that day, but then the the mystical side of it is that, you know, it's what comes through. But I think you have to, you know, in art, I think you have to have both sides present. Yeah. It's like in astrology where we would look at as like earth and water, you know? Which is really fertile, makes mud. Yeah. And just to talk about your chart briefly, like your chart, your Taurus moon exists in what we would consider a water house and your water sun consists in what we would call an earth house. So there it is already this like perfect blend of like earth and water, this like grounded mysticism you know, this like need to exist in like the real world, but then look up from you with the feet on the ground, like, okay, what? Wow. And that water house that Angel was talking about, the 12th house, which is what we kind of call the house of the invisible world. That's where your moon lives. So it's, you know, it's a moon that has secrets, but it's also a moon. And, you know, the moon is loosely translated to like your heart it's a moon that can channel that's in touch to that like ephemeral esoteric realm. And Taurus is the throat. Taurus is the voice. That's why shares a Taurus, you know? So it's like, Oh, I'm giving voice to this spiritual ephemeral watery thing through giving it the form. Mm. I know it's all, it's on the chart, but yeah, I mean, there's also like, there's big global astrology that's happening for all of us that we're still in the midst of. And even though, the narrative is that like the, what do you call it? The pandemic is winding down. Um, it's not like there's, there's more epilogue that we're going to have to live through and it's going to become something else. It won't be as acute as it's been in these last 20 months. It's going to be more like a, a guest in our house that we wish would leave, but at least we know them. And sometimes they're in the kitchen and other times they're in their own room and we almost forget they're there And we're going to make friends with it in a way. And it's going to hopefully 
compel us to make the bigger changes that the guest showed up to say like, your house is a mess. Why don't you have a juicer? Where, why is this over here? You know, it's like, there's, there's a helpful aspect to the pandemic if we let it help us. Mm. But the resistance and the blaming and the divisiveness is like, we're missing the point because everything brings a gift with it. And the, and as you understand too, just creatively, the pandemic brought some beautiful gifts for all of us, yeah. but you had to unwrap it, you know, and it was wrapped in slime and goop and blood, you know, so. These songs on this, the double EP that I just released over this year, I wasn't like intending to be productive or intending to be anything. I was just moving through it. Like I was just like, I was just, these songs were, were keeping me alive, you know? So I released it. And I think maybe that's also what it is, is like letting something go has its own like sadness, like, oh my God, a chapter is over. Who I am, who am I without my children in the house? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. That, that's very, uh, that one feels past life, Ian. Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited to step into, there has been moments on this tour where it's just like the power of being together is, it's it's what I live for, you know? But I'm also like, I also see all the fear and I see all the like confusion in the world and, it, and we're not done. We're just entering a new chapter. And there'll be more buoyancy that supports the continued resiliency that we're going to have to source for ourselves because the challenges aren't going away, mm. but it's going to yeah. seem a little less bleak, at least astrologically speaking. But when you reference a new chapter, what do you hope exists in the vision of, of your next chapter? Uh, I just recently read what our Holy mother, Bette Midler said uh -huh. at the dinner honors, which was like, she, it's like, she just had her nose to the ground doing the work, you know? And and also, like, she thinks back on it. And she's like, why? Like, what compelled me to, like, crave this and, like, do this, you know? And I think that's a really interesting thing to think about for anyone to examine their motives of, like, why do I sing? That was a big one for me. That was a big one seven years ago. It was, like it's not enough for me to just be a singer. Why do I sing? It's like anyone can open their mouth and make sound, but if you don't know why, I don't care, you know? I do think that the work creation brings me joy and it brings me closer to myself and closer to, closer to humanity. So I will keep showing up for that thing doesn't always feel good, but it feels real. And so I will keep showing up to that. And what's beyond that knowing, I have no idea. Well, there you have it. And that's what I love. I love that you have this, this like full embrace of, I don't know. And that's so important. Will you tell the children where they can find you and support you and stream you and download you and buy you and all the good stuff that you offer? How do they get there? You can find me anywhere that you search Morgan with an X, M-O-R-G-X-N. You can find the music on all the streaming platforms. The best way to support is to engage 
and share and connect. And one of the reasons I do love TikTok is because seeing people use my songs to soundtrack like their own dancing with their cats or whatever they do on there is a joy. So use my songs, share things you go through and tag me. I love seeing it. All right. You've just inspired me to move through my resistance and figure out TikTok, honestly. Yay. Uh, all right. Yeah. You'll see you'll see a TikTok video of me dancing with Noche to wonder. All right. That's a dream. <laughs> well, thank you, Morgan. Thank you. Great to be here. Great conversation. I loved it. How wonder. How wonder if Morgan had a good time on the podcast. <laughs> I think she did. I think so too. I mean, we did. I mean, I hope y'all did because that was a hoot for us having that key. Yeah. And um, yeah, definitely go and check out um, Morgan's latest EP, Meridian Volume 2, um, Meridian Volume 1. Go check them all out. He's phenomenal. And I think we'll end our episode the way we always do with a little tarot card poll. Let's do it. All right. So just take a moment and get centered. Get situated in your heart and connect to the sound of the cards by listening in to the sound of them being shuffled. And just trusting that this message will resonate no matter the future place or time to which you listen to this podcast. If you have a particular question, something you need to know, you can send that intention out into the cards. But just one card that can kind of row us forwards get us through and to the holiday season. The two of pentacles, mm. which is all about change, change, change. You got to change your people, your places, and your things. Got to change your habits and your behaviors. Got to change your diet. It's really about exploring and playing with change to help you get out of a rut. So if you've been feeling stuck, if you've been feeling heavy, if you've been feeling confused, Think about what sort of changes you can make in your life. Really practical changes, like what are you doing first thing in the morning? Like you heard me talking about giving up caffeine, or what are you eating? You heard us talk about the juice cleanse, or who are the people that you're hanging out with? What sort of media are you consuming? Maybe like a little less Twitter and a little bit more public library. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the Two of Pentacles, it's like a soft death card, and it's really about recognizing what habits and behaviors, even fabulous habits and behaviors, that are no longer serving you, that need to be changed. Like, I've been a vegetarian for a really long time, and during this juice cleanse, all of a sudden, my body was like, you need some fucking chicken, boo. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going to make a little change and start eating a little bit of chicken. Got a great white bean soup recipe, make with a chicken broth, it's heaven. So just start to move through your days with the question, what have I gotten used to that's actually no longer serving me? And see where you can change it up. The picture on the card, uh, it's this cute little juggler, and he's juggling these two pentacles. And so there's a playful sense of things. And there's also this sense of things coming and going in waves. There are cycles to our habits and to our patterns. And so just because something isn't working for you now doesn't mean it may not work for you again in the future. But for now, if it's not serving you, let it go. You know, say thanks. See you later. So apropos. Yeah. And I think especially like in terms of the holiday season too, like you are allowed to change how you engage with your family, with all of the holiday invitations, mm, right. with the holidays in general, with a capital H, like you're allowed to rip up the map 
and go in your own direction. So feel empowered to do just that. Bravo. Thanks, honey. Take us home. I made it through the wilderness. Somehow I made it through. Didn't know how lost I was until I found you. Okay, that's not what I meant. I was be oh. <laughs> but I did love that. I meant take us home to the end of the podcast. Yeah, you made me feel. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. <laughs> we really appreciate you. It's been another great year. I checked earlier. This is actually our 89th episode. So I think we're going to like hit 100 episodes at some point in this next year. Oh my God. So we'll have to do something really special and exciting. And yeah, who knows what that will be. So until then, uh, there's 88 episodes before this. If you haven't listened to all of them that you're welcome to listen to. You know, there's actually like... The first, I want to say almost like, it could even be like 10 episodes that aren't on Spotify, and I need to do that, and I'm going to do that before the end of the year. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I'm going to upload them to Spotify. The deep cuts. For those of you who may have missed the beginning ones. I know some of you have, because people have mentioned that to me. Anyhow, if you need to find out any information about us, you can find it out at the Spiritual Gaze website at thespiritualgaze.com. You can also find out information on all the social media platforms. We're at Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're at Facebook. Just search The Spiritual Gaze. You'll find us. There's only one. And I encourage you to sign up for our newsletter where we send out uh, homoscopes for the full moon and teroscopes for the new moon. Also keeps you uh, like the first to know any like new drops that are happening in the spirit shop. Like we've got hats and water bottles. I know. Thank you, everyone, who've been purchasing things from the spirit shop. If so you have dope. purchased something, will you please take a photo of you and your cute spirit yeah, tee or it. spirit hoodie and let us see how cute you are? Um, but yeah. So... I mean, I really... Well, we have one more episode for this year. So we won't say till next year yet. But until next time, mm-hmm. this has been your transit through the spiritual game.